My name is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. Now my aim is to discover and share the secrets of success. You'll hear engaging and uplifting interviews with business leaders at the top of their game, all primed to deliver bucketfuls of value and inspiration. We'll bring practical tips success strategies and golden nuggets of motivation to help you unleash your absolute potential. Now please do like, share and leave a review if you love this podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thanks for listening and let's jump in now and meet this week's fabulous guest. My guest today is Dominic Vogel. Now, he is the chief strategist at CyberSC, and he has a proven track record within cybersecurity, focusing much of his energy on providing strategic security leadership to technology startups and SMEs. He's also one of the most likable and supportive people that I don't actually know. So Dom and I have been conversing on LinkedIn for several months. He supports everything that I put out and we've never met, but I feel like I know him really well. So I reckon that this conversation will be jam-packed full of energy. Dominic, it's Monday morning for you. You're over there in the US. It's Monday evening here. Tell me, how the devil are you? I am freaking fantastic, Angela. <laughs> I have been looking forward to this convo forever. And I hope at the end of this conversation, you can say that I'm one of the kindest, most supportive people that you do know. So we're going to really oh. get to know each other today. I cannot wait. We have been wanting to do this for months and months and months. And <laughs> finally, we meet and we've just had a conversation before we've come on and you filled me with joy already. So I just know that this is going to be good fun. So please, please, please start us off, Dom, with your shake your pom-poms moment. I would love it if you could share with us your three proudest moments from your whole life. (laughs) That's amazing. First off, I will do a small correction. I am actually Canadian. Not that it's wrong being American, but I'm very proud to be Canadian right now. And I'm based in Vancouver, Canada. Oh, Uh, really? Yes. See, there so we go. Like, I said I didn't know you, and I was right. <laughs> so yeah, as Canadians, I think we have a better relationship with the rest of the world, but that's for a discussion for another day. But anyway, so in terms of the three things I'm most proud of, first and foremost, I love being a dad. Being a dad has been the most blessing gift. Nothing professionally I could ever do that would surpass being a dad to an amazing nine-year-old daughter and an amazing two-year-old son. They bless me every single day, keep me humble, and man, they make me laugh. So that to me is my number one moment. I've never learned more from school or anything. If you want to learn anything, have kids. <laughs> they, <laughs> teach me, they teach me so much on, on a daily basis. It is crazy. So that's number one. And as, as part of that as well, I would say that being a husband to an amazing wife, we've been together for many, many years and mm. um, the exact number is eluding me right now. So hopefully she doesn't like <laughs> me for that, but we've been together for years and she is, um, it's amazing to go through life beside someone like that. We are the ultimate team and I'm humbled for that. And that's my number one pom-pom 
uh, moment by some. I love that. And I, I love <laughs> the fact that you've just said that it's being a dad, even though at the moment you're up at three o'clock most mornings with your two-year-old. I mean, you know, selfless or what? I love it. <laughs> it's a quick sidebar in that is that my son has, compared to my daughter, he's been a bit rougher to deal with during the night. And at first, when I was up with him during the night, I would stress about, oh, I have a call in the morning, or how am I going to concentrate during, you know, to, to work in the morning? And it was weird. I had this moment that hit me one day, just as I was holding him, he was holding on to me really closely at 2.30 in the morning. He was breathing really deeply, and I felt this warmth spread over me. At first, I thought he was peeing on me, but he wasn't. <laughs> but it was, there's incredible joy and magic to be unlocked, and sometimes you have to take off the blinders and realize what's in front of you. And that's where I realized, you know what, if I have a bad day at work or if I, you know, if something I, I turn in is less than optimal than what I would have wanted, that's okay because I'm there for my son when, when he needs me and I enjoy those moments. So that's, like I said, has been something which I've been very blessed to have that mindset struck into my head now. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's such an important thing for you to share when people have a newborn or a toddler and and you have that constant interruption to your sleep pattern it can be so stressful so seeing those moments of connection it's key isn't it to keep you going it really is and really trying to declutter your brain often if you're doing something you think that it's at the expense of something else so like I said that that original mindset I had was oh yeah. I'm taking care of my son here at two in the morning this is going to be at the expense of me being able to work productively the following day. That was the wrong mindset. That was a, a scarcity mindset, yeah. you know, and realizing you know, there is no trade-off here. There is no sacrifice here. This is an absolute blessing to be able to be spending these hours with him because I'll blink my eyes and he's going to be a 30-year-old asking for money. <laughs> so you, <know. laughs> you have to cherish the moments. You know, people that like pass them by. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm throwing a lot of cliches out there, but it, it, it's true. You have to live in the moment and be present with those who matter most to you. Absolutely. You keep throwing them. I love them. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but that to me is my number one pom-pom moment. My second one, I'd say, is more on the professional side of things. Being on TV for the first time, and this goes back to, uh, oh gosh, it probably be seven or eight years ago as I was starting my, my journey as being a thought leader in, in, in cybersecurity. And there was a big worldwide vulnerability called Heartbleed. I won't get into the technical nuts and bolts about it, but this was a watershed moment and cybersecurity had never been really in mainstream news. And everyone was just going crazy about it. And one of my friends who worked in a very well-known radio show here in Vancouver, in the news huddle, someone said, well, does anyone know anyone who works in cybersecurity? And my friend put her hand up. She said, I have a really good friend who does. And it was on that day where I ended up doing, I think, close to 15 media interviews on print, radio, TV, right across Canada. And it was amazing. And that catapulted me into being very much reputable and well sought after thought leader in, in cybersecurity. And that, that for me was an amazing pom-pom moment because that, wow. like I said, that really moved me to where I am today, being a highly sought out speaker, at least pre-COVID I was. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> somewhat changed, but uh, that was just an amazing professional moment for me. Isn't it funny, that idea of an overnight success, you know, which has got years and years and years of hard work that went before it in order for you to have all of the knowledge that you have to share. But that one day, that one referral from your friend 
completely takes you to another level. And, and so many people wait for that moment, don't they? And it's just having faith that it will come, I suppose. Is that the way that you would look at it? Absolutely. You know, and people often see these people who come out of nowhere and say, oh, that person was an overnight success. But when you actually dig down and look at the years of work that went uh, behind <laughs> that, you know, I actually petitioned, you know, reached out to people on LinkedIn, you know, producers and on various news shows to say, hey, this is what I do. And I think I can provide some insight around cybersecurity. I'm a firm believer in creating what I refer to as positive chaos. When you put more and more into the world and you try and create positive chaos, eventually that will come back to you and, and manifest its ways in many, many mm. different capacities. And that to me has just been absolutely amazing. You know, it's something that doesn't just happen. <laughs> if you sit back, you know, to truly create things, you need to be assertive and do things. For me, I never realized growing up, I never thought of being someone who was like talking. I was always a very quiet, very introverted, just put my nose down and did my work. But now I spend most of my day talking to people, whether it be podcasts, <laughs> interviews, branding. That's who I am, you know, and I love doing it. And you're so supportive of other people as well. I mean, I was blown away just for months and months and months how much support you've given me without actually knowing me. It's one of the things which I truly love putting in that energy, especially on a platform like LinkedIn, which allows me to connect with amazing people like mm -hmm. yourself from around the world, people who I would not have had the chance to interact with otherwise. And I don't remember the exact moment when this hit me, but I'm someone who truly believes in uplifting others, in positive mm -hmm. energy, in kindness, in compassion. I've had so many people send me a message saying, you have no idea how much your daily words mean to me. And you know, sometimes I'm just saying, you know, keep up the awesome work or something yes. as simple as that. And people send me notes saying, you know, that means the world to me. I look forward to your daily message of support. And I think that to me reminds me of the greater journey I've been on, but also the, there's the simple message and simple power that's behind kindness. You know, there's mm -hmm. still so much anger, hate, negativity in the world. You know, uh, there are people who try to build themselves up by knocking others down. I often meditate on the thing in terms of how can I make the world better? How can I create a world where I can look at my son and daughter and say to them, dad did everything that he could to make your future as bright as possible. My mind would always get caught up at, at a macro level. You know, what, what are those grand things that I can do? What's some big, big scheme? But then I realized, you know what? The best and most powerful things I can do are just by planting simple messages of kindness around the world because of then that, that can multiply and that other people can do that. Mm. That's how you get the butterfly effect. You know, just those very simple actions can have a very profound effect globally. So I'm hoping, like I said, at least at the micro level, I'm able to inflict positive change. And if I can make just someone's day a little bit brighter, that to me is absolutely amazing. Oh, and you really do. You're shaking those pom-poms for everybody else. <laughs> Definitely. I'm a positive and, cheerleader. <laughs> and, and you're still cheering yourself on. So come on, what's number three? Number three for me would be the self-discovery journey that I've been on the past five years. And the reason why I celebrate it is pretty clear cut. So I always thought to myself, especially I was in my late teenagers in the university, I thought I was going to have a long corporate career. I thought I was a corporate person, would work up the corporate ladder. I was very me-centric. Everything I was doing was focused on growing my career and getting to that next promotion. And it was five years ago, this coming August, when I left corporate, when I decided to go out onto my own 
And I realized that I hated corporate life. I felt like I was <laughs> not living an authentic life. And to the comment, uh, Angela, that you were making, I think just before we, we uh, started recording here, was about wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt like there was corporate me and then there was real life me. And when I would get home, real life me was exhausted from being corporate me that I couldn't be my real self. Mm -hmm. And I felt it was exhausting, you know, leading two lives and I couldn't be myself. And one day I decided to leave corporate. I could no longer tolerate it. I realized that I either continue on that trajectory and lose who I am forever or I leave and have the opportunity to reset and truly find out who I was. And so this self-discovery journey I've been on as an entrepreneur growing CyberSC, you know, my advisory firm, and the greatest thing of that, though, has been rediscovering who I am. I always thought I was an introverted person who liked keeping his nose to the grindstone kind of thing, just doing his thing, very me-centric. I realized I was quite the opposite. Uh, I realized I was extroverted, that I love developing relationships, <laughs> that I love meeting new people that I love being positive and having a servant mindset of mm. helping people first, not trying to say, oh, how can I make money off this person? But actually saying, how can I truly help this person? How can I make their day a little bit better? All these things about myself that I didn't know to be true has been amazing. So that to me is my third pom-pom moment is over the past five years, I've discovered who I am. The person who I thought I was, wasn't me. So it's been truly a, a wonderful gift to find out who I was always meant to be. Oh, do you know what, Dom? I call that retiring the actor. And <laughs> it, I that's mean, a good term. I like that. It's just so inspiring. And it's when you do that yourself as well, it, oh, the energy that it brings is incredible. But it also, in my experience of leaving corporate, brought fear as well, because you're leaving that certainty of salary, you're bringing that certainty of team, of infrastructure, of support, and you're going it alone. So talk to me about how you dealt with the fear of leaving all of that behind and whilst discovering you, setting up a business and becoming what you are today. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of fear, you know, and especially as being the sole provider for the family, there's increased risk with that. And one of the safety nets I would say that allowed me that first year was a very good friend of mine who was a, who was a recruiter, who was a recruiter at the time, said to me that you can get a great contract, work remotely, do that for a year, and I'll give you time to focus on growing your business. And that's what I did. I was able to work remotely. I would work the morning on that contract, and then that would leave me the afternoon to be able to start planning out my ideas, what it is I wanted to do who I would serve, what my offerings would be. So it gave me a safety net rather than just going full-blown. So that full year there, I was very blessed to be able to have had that opportunity mm -hmm. to not just go completely cordless, shall we say, yes. <laughs> or without a safety net. That allowed me to really get ahead, especially in year two, after I finished that contract, that allowed me to really catapult into things because that allowed me to add some initial clients during year one and then start striving from year two. So that's not always possible for people. Sometimes they just go all in, you know, and that's okay too. But for me, I'm a firm believer that if you're staying in an environment where you're not able to be your true self, that's at long-term detriment to you. Mm -hmm. And one of the things which I've learned, especially as an entrepreneur now, that a lot of people say, 
well, don't you miss having the security of having a salary? It's like, well, no, having just one line of income, that's actually more risky. You know, now I have many clients, several venues of income for the organization, and then I have other work as well, whether that be or advisory work or site contract work or speaking work. I have multiple levels of, of income. So if one of those stops, I still have greater resiliency. There's greater security. <laughs> That's one of the great perpetuating myths, even what a myth that I believe that, you know, having a job and having guaranteed income is greater security. But if we've seen anything, especially during COVID, that just having that one line of, of income, even if you have a guaranteed job, that can be taken away from you at, mm. at, at a moment's notice. Yeah, you're so right. And so now you have lots of fingers in lots of pies and therefore you can tweak one up and, and put one down according to, to what you exactly. want to do. I like that Absol- a lot. Yeah, absolutely. That, that adds resilience. Yeah, spot on. And along the way, and it might have been in your corporate life, it might, of course, have been at home as well. Have you faced into adversity? Because that's something, to my mind, is is one of the things that shapes us as human beings and makes us stronger. At the time, it never feels like that, of course. But have you had experiences where you've faced into really tough times? And how has that helped you? Yes, and I would really go back to my childhood, you know, and, and this is something which I've only started to discuss more publicly and recently, something that I've only really started to ponder greatly. But growing up, my mom suffered, she still suffers from severe mental illness. You know, she has what's referred to as psychosis. And, you know, there's days where she's absolutely fine. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's absolutely uh, amazing mother. And I'm truly lucky to have had her as a mom growing up. But the earliest I remember is when I was around 11 or 12, and she would have these episodes, and she just would be completely uncoupled from what reality was. You know, you yeah. can almost see it, look into her eyes and realize that the person I knew wasn't there. She was gone. You know, she, she was someone else. And it was just devastating to deal with growing up. And I remember really having to grow up very fast. And I was, for whatever reason, I was able to. You know, there's my dad, and my brother, and I was the only one who was ever really able to help her calm down. And uh, I remember early on being the one who was responsible for making sure that she took her medicine and all that because she was at least somewhat calm around me. And I remember as a coping mechanism, and I didn't know that at the time, but I really started to compartmentalize things. You know, there's a lot of my childhood I still struggle to remember just because I blocked that out. And mm-hmm. growing up, you didn't know what phrase, what words would maybe set my mom off. So I learned to just not really say much. Oh, you know, my mom said, how was your day? I would say it was fine. You know, I wouldn't say really anything. And why I wasn't able to lead an authentic life that way. And it was that type of adversity, though, made me, I don't remember consciously trying to become mentally resilient. But looking back on that, I could look at any of the you know, roadblocks I've hit since then either professionally mm-hmm. or personally, none of them phase me. You know, I'm very thankful, like you said, somewhat unintentionally, I guess, how it happened, because I, at least I don't recall being intentional about it when I was younger. But having this level of mental resilience now is is an incredible gift, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm very thankful that, you know, uh, even whatever life throws at me, even dealing with my wife's illness, and that didn't bother me. You know, we were able to get through mm-hmm. that. So having adversity early on in my life really strengthened me mentally to be able to get to where I am today. You know, a lot of people, when I 
share this with them, say, oh, that must have been awful. It must have been a really difficult childhood. And, you know, I, I had a great childhood. You, know, it, you it, didn't I, know yeah, anything was, else, did you? No, I didn't know anything else. But when I reflect on this and meditate on it, I am very positive of the fact that if I didn't go through that, I am not mm. the person I am today. So I truly believe that I went through that for a reason. And I'm very grateful for that because I feel that I like who I am today. I love who I am. Mm. and I love what I'm able to, to do for others. And I'm very confident that if I hadn't gone down that path of adversity early on, I'm not me and I'm not able to yeah. have affected positive change on others. So I'm, I'm grateful for having gone through that. Yeah, it's really interesting listening to you. I think for a few reasons, I mean, psychosis in itself, it's such a complex condition. For yes. a little boy to try and understand that, you know, it's one day is everything is okay, and then the next day everything isn't okay. And you don't really have the narrative behind it as to why that is. And obviously, as an adult, you can look back and understand. And then I think another thing that you said there about people, about you not not fully knowing about what happened in your childhood. And so many people say that to me, certainly in my therapeutic work, but actually very few of us can remember what happened in our childhoods. We remember the, the really good stuff and the really bad stuff and, and very little in between. There's probably 80% yes. of it that's missing. So that would be quite normal. But then there's the bit that you talk about in terms of taking on the responsibility for caring for your mom I guess and and I suppose not knowing you but knowing you a little <laughs> um, <laughs> you can really see that caregiving element of you you know that comes through in every story that you tell in every little note that you write on LinkedIn posts in the way that you talk about your children and your wife so you know that experience that you have has, has definitely given you that ability to want to take care of people from the heart and it is a really beautiful thing for you to be able to carry forward so it's kind of you to share it no and, 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 and just the way you phrase it at the end there I, I never really thought about that because I've always had a lot of people who always say to me you know that you know you always help others <laughs> and I, I never really thought about that but yeah you know, that, that root of you know, like I said being able to to do that with my mom early on mm. I said I, I think that uh, and again I don't recall doing anything consciously to get me to that I know there's a very fine line which I had seen other families who may have gone something through something similar and their families got completely splintered and yes. people ended up uh, having gone down and had to sort of numb their pain with various vices and I would try and think back and say why didn't that happen why were we still able to stay together my dad never really talked about it much other than the fact that through his actions always spoke to me. You know, he, he never gave up on my mom. He never left her. Possibly a component of that may be our Catholic upbringing. You know, we have very strong yeah. faith in, in, in that capacity. But often through those actions, like I said, you know, uh, he never really said anything to us other than through his actions. But yeah, that's something like that I've, I've always had trouble figuring out you know, why I was so lucky. Looking back, I'm very grateful and humbled that we could have easily gone down another route but we didn't. And I've never been able to figure out why. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Just hearing you talking, I'm sort of thinking we perhaps all had different roles to play rather than trying to do the same ones. It's just, just such a, a, it's a difficult story to hear, but one that has got such hope attached to it in terms of how families can cope with mental health conditions. 
and thrive. And it sounds like, you know, you have really thrived through it, but I'm sure there've been some lessons that you've learned along the way as well, in terms of your personal discovery, as you call it, and the things that have happened. So what are some of the big lessons for you, would you say? Well, uh, I'd say especially um, the past five years, the biggest lesson I've learned is investing in relationships. I mean, growing up, I had like two friends, my brother and another friend. You know, I was not someone who had a lot of friends, who spoke to a lot of people. You know, I didn't have relationships, you know. Uh, I didn't have my first girlfriend until I was well into my 20s. So, I mean, I was not a relationship-driven person. But one of the things that I've truly experienced and incredible magic, which I feel has been unlocked, again, something like a platform like LinkedIn has enabled me and empowered me to be able to do this, is to develop these amazing relationships with people in many ways with people who I've never even physically met in person. You know, one of my closest friends and personal confidants that I go to uh, when I really need someone's help and really want to hear someone's opinion He's someone who I just totally randomly met on LinkedIn. He's also a cybersecurity professional. <laughs> he, and, he and I have met once, only once in person. But we chat for at least an hour every other Friday, and we just talk openly with one another. And you know, he and I help each other out, and it's absolutely incredible. You know, And one of the things I've seen both benefiting me professionally and also personally is by not chasing money, you know, don't try and nickel and dime clients. What I've found has been the most amazing thing about personal and professional growth has been investing in relationships. Yeah. You know, and I always, you know, whether that be just starting off on LinkedIn by just commenting on someone's post, providing positive feedback, positive reinforcement, uh, that will often lead to them reaching out saying, you know, they really appreciate that. And we maybe set up a time to chat. And when I, whenever I chat in person or over the phone or Zoom or whatever for to someone for the first time, I've learned to, I always end with the same sentence. I always say, consider me a friend, resource, and ally for life, you know, and I found that to be just incredibly magical, you know, and like I said, both professionally and personally, it's been absolutely tremendous. So I always tell people, you know, people always say, oh, to be successful, you know, what courses should I take or what business book should I read? I would just say to me, the number one thing is to invest in relationships and to invest in a way in which you're leading with kindness, you're leading with empathy, and that you genuinely want to help. Don't try and just sell to someone and say, hey, you know what, I do cybersecurity, you know, uh, if you know anyone who, who, who needs a, sorry, some cybersecurity work, we'll give you a 20% referral fee. That's transactional. <laughs> that's, a, that's a transactional mindset. And that, that to me objectifies everything. You know, if you lead from the heart and say, you know what, I'd love to learn more about what you do. What can I do to help you win? That to me has been the most valuable lesson I have learned. And the fact that I spend much of my day now talking with people, mm -hmm. uh, if you asked me this back when I was in my early 20s, I would have said, you know, you're an idiot. I would not, I would not have <laughs> thought that's what I would do. But that's one thing I do right now in my role mm -hmm. is just build these amazing relationships. And you do that and you do it well. And I think in this time where we are inundated with DMs in LinkedIn saying, I get them every day. I'll help you generate leads. I'll help you generate leads. I'll help you be a better life coach. Blah, 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 blah. And these people haven't said even hello <laughs> to me. And yet, and yet they assume I have a problem and they want me to trust them to be the person that solves that problem. And your way, you know, as you say about building the relationships, you need the trust there. It, well, certainly I do to be able to engage with somebody and that's what you do 
with lots of people, you know, I'm probably never going to buy from you, Dom, because I don't really have a need for cybersecurity, as you know, <laughs> and yet you do it anyway. Well, and that, and that to me, again, is the power of relationships, because one of the things that which I always tell people is that this, to me, is also a reframing of short-term instant gratification versus big picture, long-term oh. thinking. To me, the short-term instant gratification is where you try and reach out and sell your wares and say, yeah, you know, we're going to get you 15% more leads or whatever, we're going to increase your return on investment by 600%, whatever. That, that is short-term instant gratification, which you're trying to get people to buy into that. But one of the things that I love telling people is, I was saying, you know what, if I know what you do, you know what I do, um, you know what, maybe six days from now, we'll be able to help each other out. Maybe six months from now. Hell, it might be 20 years from now. <laughs> but, when, but, but when you invest in a relationship, and you do so like, for, like I said, from a, a point of being truly mm-hmm. selfless and just being able to really, uh, yeah, I'm a firm believer in, the, in, in that phrase of helping people win. I love it if I come across someone just totally randomly who needs a, a service or something that, that I know in, in my trusted network, we're at a spot where we can do this with our clients now because they see us as trusted advisors, not just yeah. as security people, but as trusted advisors. And if we say, oh, you know what? I see that you guys are struggling with some public relations work. I'm just using this as an example. We know, I know someone who's absolutely awesome in that. You guys already know and trust us. Let me introduce you to this yes. awesome PR person. They're going to kick butt at it, and they're going to be happy. You know, And that ends up being what I refer to as a triple win. Yeah. I win because my clients, that further solidifies the trust we have with our clients. My relationship with the, whoever I brought into the picture, they win, and the client wins. Then that's, again taking that abundance mindset. It doesn't have to be zero sum. We can all win at the end of the day. And who doesn't love winning? Oh, we love a triple win. Yeah. (laughs) Triple win is better than just a single win. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) And talking about winning, we're going to play a game now. Now, Dom, I know that you know this game. And I know that you're going to be brilliant. We're playing the five-second game rule. Are you ready? I am ready. I don't even have to explain it to you because I know that you listen. So three things in five seconds. Dom, in the five-second game rule, can you tell me three words that describe you? Awesomeness, positive, and kindness. Oh, in a nutshell, I would say definitely. (laughs) Awesomeness, positivity, and kindness gorgeous okay and then let's do another one then so in the five second game rule can you give me three things that you can do to perk up your mood play with my kids go for a walk with the family dog get more than three hours of sleep (laughs) the last one most definitely needed right now (laughs) tell me what dog have you got we have a Japanese chin chihuahua inherited from my wife when he's 11 years old now, but he's oh. as small as a shoebox. <laughs> but I love him to death. He's, I was never a dog person before my wife brought him into our lives. And now he's like your best mate. I love that. That's right. Okay, well, do you know what? I could talk to you all day. I mean, it's just like having a conversation with a friend. I can't believe we haven't met. <laughs> I know, it's funny. I feel like you and I have had... We've been in another life together, haven't we? I know. I can tell. But I'm going to ask you the big question. Are you ready for this, Dom? In your experience, what do you believe is the absolute secret to success? 
the absolute secret for success is do not chase money. I made that mistake very early on in my entrepreneurial journey where I would just try and chase clients. I would try and make a quick buck. And I realized that that, if anything, that led to either bad clients, which just caused more stress, or it led to people being very turned off and not wanting to do business. Uh, I realized that instead, when you chase kindness and chase mm. helping people, that is when real magic happens. Oh, that is beautiful. We've not had that either. And uh, and I love the fact that we get new things with every single person that comes on. So don't chase the money, chase the kindness. That's worked for me and it allows me to attract the type of people and the type of clients that we want to work yeah. with. When you do that, you end up with amazing clients. You end up with amazing people, clients become friends. And when you are operating on a positive, vibrating on a positive frequency, that just makes things that much better because there's nothing worse than a terrible client that you want to fire. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I really, really appreciate that actually as a secret, because I think so many people don't even consider that they're doing that. So it's actually being able to become aware that you're doing that in the first place. And then, as you say, replace it with kindness and as one of my old bosses used to say really putting the client at the center of the narrative and making it all about them couldn't agree more there Angela (laughs) that's beautifully said (laughs) he's a very really good guy (laughs) as are you I can't believe I thought you were in the U.S. honestly what is that about (laughs) I'm I'm not sure but uh, you know it's 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 funny that even on on LinkedIn, when I, when I message people, and you know, at least people who I know are American, when I, uh, this happened recently, when I told people, well, I hope you have a great long weekend, enjoy the 4th of July, and we always write back saying, oh, thank you so much, you know, you enjoy it too. And I was like, I'm Canadian, I, we had Canada Day on July 1st, I'm, I'm sure as hell not celebrating Independence Day, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, well, do you know what, it has been an absolute joy spending time with you on the podcast, thank you so much for coming on. I have a feeling we will be chatting again, no doubt, at some point in the future. Thank you for sharing and for uh, getting up on a Monday morning and doing this. (laughs) Angela, thank you so, so, so much. This wait was truly worth it. This was an epic combo. And as I mentioned earlier, consider me a friend, resource, and ally for life. I will do that, Dom. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again, Angela. hope that you enjoyed listening to the mindset mentor meets podcast if you did be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links for more about me visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk now i'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode and do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.